Romans chapter 1. I felt led to um, just remind you in way of review uh, one of the things that we talked about last week. I noticed that some of you had um, published that in one form or another, so thank you for that. Amen. Um, Facebook and different venues. So. Amen. It's something I've been meditating on this week. I hope that you have been as well. Romans chapter 1 and uh, verses 16 and 17. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Look at me for a minute. One of the things we looked at in class this evening is the, in Hebrews 4, it says the word of God is living and powerful. And here is a, another reflection of the life and power that's in the Word of God because we see that the, the gospel is the power of God to salvation. Um, uh, myself and Pastor Mark and uh, my mom, we were having a conversation on Monday. and Of course, Pastor Mark has so much more experience in preaching the gospel you know, in crusade evangelism, things of that nature. But you know, one of the things that he was explaining is that you, know, you, you put that message out there and then there's power in that message. He, was, he had even said like sometimes he would preach the gospel and he, he wasn't even sure that people were listening and all of a sudden, boom, just the Holy Spirit just arrests them and, and draws them uh, to that salvation experience. So we need to have confidence in the message that we've been given to share with other people. And there's power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So if I could, just real quick, when we talk about the power of God to salvation, clearly he's saying the power to change a, a person, to, to affect the, a new birth and to make them a new creation. But we also see that within the Word of God, there is the um, persuasive power of God. Um, we know that the Holy Spirit, uh, according to Jesus, has come to convict, but that word convict there might be better translated convince. Convince. The Holy Spirit is the great convincer of mankind to convince us of our sin, to convince us of our need for a Savior, to convince us of our righteousness once we've been born again, to convince us that the ruler of this world has been judged, speaking of Satan himself. It's the Holy Spirit who brings this convincing, or we could say it this way, this revealing. He reveals it to us. He shows us what we are unable to see, recognize, understand otherwise. And the same is true with the gospel. I mean, if you think about it, you, you, st you stand in front of a group of people and you tell them about somebody over 2,000 years ago that died on a cross so that they could be forgiven for their sins. To the natural mind, it's foolishness. But that message isn't addressing the natural mind. It's addressing the heart, and it speaks to something inwardly. And then we combine this with an understanding in, that in Romans 12:3, the Bible says God's given to every man the measure of faith. So that means people have a measure of faith already in existence in their lives before they ever hear that message. And so that message reacts with that faith. 
inside of them and of course sets the stage for them to be born again and to become citizens of the kingdom, to become sons and daughters of God. He goes on to say, for in it, in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we see then a powerful connection here between faith and this word revelation or something being revealed. And again, this is the ability to know something, the ability to, um, and I'm going to use this word carefully but, but intentionally tonight, the ability to see something. And I'm not, I'm not talking necessarily about seeing with the physical eyes. Um, if we use Abraham as we're instructed to do, if we use him as our example in, in learning and understanding about faith, when Father God first promised to Abraham and Sarah, or Abram and Sarah, that they would supernaturally conceive a child, listen very carefully to how I'm going to say this, they couldn't see it. it, it, it in other words, there was, there was nothing at that point that they could do to, when we say believe it, we're talking about, you know, inside of themselves seeing this come to pass. It was beyond what they were able to, to inwardly see or, or lay hold of by faith, so much so that they laughed when, when Father made that promise to them. And then, of course, he responded. He said, you know, is anything too hard for the Lord? Come on now, get a grip here, guys. I know this, you know, this may sound preposterous, but is there anything too hard for the Lord? And, of course, we see that. By faith, Hebrews 11 says, Sarah received strength in herself to conceive, carry a child, give birth to that child, full term, birth to that child, and then nurse that child at, what, 91 years old. Amen. Is anything too hard for the Lord? But if you look at... <clears throat> their progression, we see that they went from not seeing how it's possible to an image of that coming to pass, being developed in them inwardly. Remember, faith is a function of the heart. And so what I'm trying to do tonight when we talk about revelation and faith, I'm wanting you to see how these two worked, worked hand in hand with one another. Abraham and Sarah finally came to a point that not only could they see themselves having that child, they couldn't see it any other way. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, so much so that they, you know, changed his name to be father of a multitude. Now remember from our Sunday study that Father had already preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand. And I believe that means he explained to him the whole story of Jesus you know, eventually coming to this earth and dying 
and being raised from the dead. I believe that's where Abraham got the faith to believe God that his son would be raised from the dead. There is no other record of someone being raised from the dead. But yet, Abraham believed that when he sacrificed Isaac on that altar, notice the similarities. God's only son put a cross on his back, went up a hill to be sacrificed. Abraham's only son, Isaac, wood on his back, went up a hill to be sacrificed. See, there, there's, again, that's not a coincidence. And I don't believe it's the first time Abraham had ever heard anything like that. So much so, now watch this, don't miss this, so much so that the Bible says that Abraham had already received Isaac raised from the dead in a figure. He had already seen him raised from the dead in, inwardly. See, we, we, we're talking about faith tonight, right? And, and when we talk about believing in the heart and not doubting, I want you to substitute believing in the heart and not doubting with this phrase, can't see it any other way. Can't see it any other way but this way. Can't see it any other way than turning out that, like that. In other words, that's, that's another way to communicate or, or help us understand, you know, what genuine faith really is and, and what it looks like in, in someone's heart, in, 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 inside someone's life. This idea that Abraham was like shaking in his boots and agonizing over all of this, it's just, to me, it's not accurate. The Bible doesn't support it. As a matter of fact, if you listen carefully to what he said, before he went up on that hill to offer Isaac, he said, we're going to sacrifice and me and the boy will return. Me and the boy will return. So with, with this, we're... Again, so much confusion in the body of Christ today about what faith really is. And, and here's, here's the thing, okay? We certainly um, have things that we can do. Um, in other words, effort that we can put forth. For those of you who knew the study, let me just step back for just a minute. I know couple more things I want to say here before we're done tonight. But we've been in uh, a section of our study on faith where the disciples asked Jesus, they said, increase our faith. And Jesus answered that request by teaching them about a seed and a servant. And, and how, you know, they have faith. It's like if you have a handful of corn... And you ask the Lord, can I have more corn? And he goes, yeah, you can have some more corn. Take the corn you've got and plant it and release the potential that's in it. So in other words, they're wanting more faith. And Jesus is like, you've got faith. You need to understand faith as a seed. But then he also said, you need to understand faith as a servant. You need to put it to work. Because when you put it to work, it, 
it, it not only produces results in your life, and if you remember in that story about it putting it to work, it had accomplished what it was supposed to accomplish. The servant accomplished what he was supposed to accomplish in the field. He came home and he kept working. So Jesus is saying, among other things in, in that parable, um, you know, keep your faith active. If you want your faith to increase, keep it active. Give it assignments um, and, and send it out, you know, to, to, to do that work. This, again, is the recipe, if you will, for our faith um, to increase. And so we see, we've looked at, I'm not going to go back through all those tonight and take the time to do it, but we see, you know, different places throughout the Word of God where, where people's faith increased. And we see that as their faith increased, the church increased. We see as their faith increased, the resources the church had to, to, to reach more people with the, with the gospel message increased. We see that as the, as the, as the, as the faith increased, that um, the church's influence uh, was, was expanded into, into other uh, areas, into other regions. So... Obviously, there's lots of takeaways from this, but, but I think we see that effective, healthy, productive, meaningful, fruitful growth in general all springs from um, our growth and our increasing in faith. Even one of the verses that we've looked at multiple times, it talks about how as they increased in faith, they increased in love for one another. And... and, and, and you know, just the, the meaningful relationships that existed within the body of Christ. So I don't want to, it's, it's, this is not one of those either or, it's both and. Um, the Bible says we can pray in the spirit and build ourselves up in faith. The Bible says faith by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So listening to the uh, anointed word of God spoken in our lives will will help awaken and arouse and strengthen our faith. The Bible says faith without works is dead, and so we can exercise our faith, and, and all of these things will help our faith grow. But we can't leave out this vital piece right here, and it's this piece of revelation. In other words, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit helping you and me tear down wrong images on the inside of us and him then in return building new ones in our lives. You know, where we, we begin to see ourse ourselves as successful. We begin to see ourselves as, as men and women that, that have influence. We begin to see ourselves as being able to do more and give more uh, for the kingdom. Um, so again, it's, it's changing that inward image. Think about how, again, Abraham and Sarah initially saw themselves, but how that changed and how that grew and how that increased. In other words, as their faith grew, the revelation grew, as the revelation grew, the faith grew, these two growing simultaneously feeding off of and into one another. All right, so, and I don't think we ever read verse 17, but that's what it's talking about. For 
in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as is as it is written the just shall live by faith all right now verse 17 from the amplified it says for in the gospel a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed both springing from faith and leading to faith so let's start with springing from in other words if it springs forth from faith this this is talking about the you know a beginning point um, think of it like a plant and how that that plant springs forth from you know it, it, it starts to come up it starts to to de to develop okay so springing from faith and then leading to faith the parentheses and this is what I didn't have access to last Wednesday evening so I wanted to put it up and show it to you tonight disclosed through the way of faith that arouses to more faith so if you're not seeing anything else tonight I want you to see that he's talking about increase here and the increase coming through our operating in faith and as we step out and do that the Holy Spirit then reveals more to us we let me let me see if I can put a, a practical application on this because I'm not just trying to talk um, you know in theories and concepts tonight there's a practical application here and it goes back to increase our faith and Jesus says plant your faith <laughs> right because it's only when we take the faith that we have and we step out on it right that we put ourselves in a position to have something revealed to us that has not yet been revealed to us um, this time a year ago roughly um, we were talking about bluebirds in my backyard and how the Lord uh, challenged me Lord challenged me to believe him for bluebirds in the backyard and then you know the sister Pam took the photographs of those bluebirds well, the other morning my phone dings, and guess what? They're back. Amen. Okay. So, but now watch. I'm just, pardon the personal example. I'm just trying to show you. In stepping out and believing God for bluebirds to come to my backyard, right? As that's all unfolding, something is being revealed to me that I haven't been able to see before are you seeing this and so that was a that was an a step of faith that brought revelation to me what does that mean I was able to see something inwardly that I haven't been able to see before okay 
let's reverse it. What if, when I was, for those of you who don't know the story, I was walking out my back steps, walking down the back sidewalk early one morning. Bluebird houses out there. They've been out there for a few years. No bluebirds. And I was just, I, you know, when I tell you talk to the Lord about everything, that's not just something I tell you to do, something I do. So I'm just talking to the Lord that morning. I thought about those bluebirds. I said, Lord, I'd like to have some bluebirds, you know, in, in the backyard here. He says, won't you believe me for some? And I remember I stopped on the sidewalk right there, and I was like, wow, you just, yeah. Preacher preaching faith all this time, right? And in those days, we were talking about probability, and my mind, again, notice now, just the dialogue, he's revealing something to me. He's revealing, because my mind goes to, they're probably not the right kind of houses, they're probably you know, scared off because Colonel, you know, that's his kind of domain back there. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm making all these excuses as to why there's a low probability of those bluebirds coming to the backyard. And I'm, I promise you, I'm standing there trying to believe God for this, and, and I'm struggling with it. I mean, it, the battle's going on in my mind. And I'm like, Lord, you know what's going on in my mind here. And, and there's a hick, one of those bluebird houses on a hickory tree, and the Lord's, I don't mean an audible voice, but in my spirit, I was giving him all these reasons why, and he says, I can make a toucan live in that hickory tree if you can believe me for it. All right, see now, see now, notice. But the point I'm trying to make is if I had dismissed that, right? See, the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, was trying to reveal something to me about faith that I could only see if I was willing to step out and use faith. Okay? We've already received an offering. I'm just trying to use this as an example. I'm not trying to, as far as I'm concerned, everybody in here ties 25%. So, but just listen to me, right? There are a lot of people who want to tithe but do not because they can't see how it will work. They can't see how they can pay their bills and give God the 10% that belongs to Him. Okay? So notice now what's happening here. This, this is um, a faith issue. Right? And I, listen, I, I understand that already. I've told the story years ago and, you know, some lean years of the cabinet business, I was trying to figure out 10% of negative income. It's, you know, it's like, how does that work, Right? So I'm not here, again, as far as I'm concerned, everybody in here is a tither. I'm just trying to show you an example, though. That person who, can't, who knows about tithing, who really wants to tithe, but they can't see how they can, they can do what God instructs them to do and still pay their bills, right? Until they take the faith they have and step out on it in that area, they never will see it. it. In other words, it never will be revealed to them. Right? Are you seeing this? But as we step out, now in faith, the revelation comes, which arouses to more faith, which brings more revelation and you see more and more. So again, this is this practical way that, that we engage. So it's not, 
I'm not trying to just make it some cold mechanical process because there's, there's life to it and there's uh, a learning curve to it and all of that. But by engaging the things of God, by engaging the Word of God by faith, we put ourselves in a position for the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to things that we haven't been able to see before. Is this making sense to you? All right. So there's a powerful connection between faith and revelation, powerful connection between using the faith that we have and the revelation that we have. See, people are wanting more faith and more revelation, and Father's asking us, what are we doing with the faith and revelation we have right now? You see the difference in that, right? They're like, give us more faith, and Jesus is like, plant your faith. They're like, Jesus, give, increase our faith. Jesus is like, put your faith to work. That's how faith grows. That's how, simply put, we increase in faith. All right, so last thing tonight, and this is a review from the closing of last week, but three areas of increase, three levels of faith increase, but notice with this, though, there is this element of both faith, believing, seeing, seeing in the sense of seeing and knowing, seeing inwardly, and it being revealed to you. And so that, that first kind of beginner level, entry level, is a faith that God exists. Okay? Now, I want to show you something tonight, and I know the devil tried to tell you it's not that simple, but it really is. You can choose to believe that. Even, even you say, I, 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 don't, I can't see it. There's science things that confuse me. Uh, you know, okay, but I choose to believe. See, in, in exercising your ability to believe what the Word of God says about these things, right, this is where now all of a sudden you begin to see it. It, 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 it becomes more obvious and more clear by exercising the faith you have in what God has said, what you previously couldn't see, now your eyes are open to it. Of course, just faith that God exists is important, but remember, devils believe and tremble. So ultimately, you know, after we believe that He exists, it's, it's responding to Him and, and receiving, uh, you know, the gift of salvation that He has for us. But the next major step, y'all remember this from last week, is faith that you exist in Him. In Him we live and move and have our being. So it's not just that He exists, but we're going from this basic belief and revelation, faith and revelation, that God exists, to faith and revelation. It's revealed to you where you literally see yourself in Him. Oh, man. It's so important right there. So important right there to understand what it means to be in Christ. But then there's one more level, and that is faith that He exists in you, okay? So that He exists, you exist in Him, and then that He exists in you, praise God. Where you literally see it, are you what I'm saying? Where you literally see it. Let me ask you something. How, how should somebody behave if God lives in them. You, you, I'm, not, I'm not talking about um, 
just, uh, I'm, I'm talking about more than just doing what's right. I'm talking about destroying the works of the devil. I'm talking about becoming a force, a weapon to be used for good and for God's kingdom and the advancement of his kingdom in this world, right? So, when Jesus says things like, um, tread upon serpents, take, take authority over devils and demons, cast out demons, speak with new tongues, lay your hands on the sick and the sick will recover. See, he's, he's talking about things that people do who understand that God lives in them. Dr. Mark Barkley, he, I haven't read the book, I need to read it, it's his testimony, but the title of the book is God Possessed. He was a man, I don't know if he was ever demon possessed, but he was pretty close to it if, if he wasn't. But he recognizes now that he is a man who has been possessed, that God's got him, right? That can be possessed, I'm in him, but, but that God now lives in him, has consumed him. Amen. This is the confident expectation of everything that God created us to be. Is Christ in you. Amen. Amen. Stand with me tonight. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So I know that we spent a little time on this last week, but there was just some key pieces of that I really felt like we needed to, to get nailed down and, and understood. So what is the next step of faith for you? What, what is it that you need to believe God for? What is it that you need, you know, and listen, I, I'm not talking about, you know, go walk seven steps on top of somebody's swimming pool. I, you know, that's it's probably not the next step for most of us, okay? Um, but, but there is a next step where we, we need to um, uh, put our faith uh, to work. And then as you do that, expect the Holy Spirit to reveal something to you that will be life-changing. Amen. All right, Father, you're good to us and we love you. Thank you for everything that you are and everything that you've done, everything that you've given, everything that you've spoken. Father, help us to lay hold of these truths. Father, help us to, to step up into this uh, truth that we exist in you. And then, Father, step up into the truth that you exist in us that we're in you and you're in us. And this, according to Jesus, was what's behind every miracle that he performed on this planet. He knew it, he could see it. He could see it more clearly than he could see physical things on this earth, Father. Holy Spirit, help us as we progress, help us as we increase. Thank you for your love and for your goodness and for the week ahead. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for being here tonight.